I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. I'm joined this afternoon by Chris Pearson, a cybersecurity attorney and chief security officer at ViewPost. Chris, you and I have been talking about this settlement between Target and MasterCard, which was announced last week. But interestingly enough, this week, some of the issuing banks that have a pending lawsuit against Target are a little bit miffed, and they're, they're trying to block this settlement with MasterCard. What's the reason for that? Yeah, thank you very much, Tracy. appreciate it. Uh, um, this is a timely topic in terms of uh, banks really trying to recuperate uh, funds uh, for reissuance of cards uh, and for other costs that are hard costs of either fraud costs, reissuance, uh, spinning up 1-800 numbers, extra fraud monitoring, extra customer service around large data breaches. Uh, most oftentimes uh, there are settlements between the card uh, network, so MasterCard, Visa, uh, etc., and the actual victim of the breach, but issuing banks are not included uh, per se in those settlements and those settlements amounts. So it's really about uh, issuing banks being able to find a way to remediate uh, their losses and and uh, plug those holes and those gaps. So is the feeling then if this settlement with MasterCard goes through, then the banks basically will have to drop their suit against Target because they won't be able to make an argument that they haven't been reimbursed in some way? So in, so, in some fashions, uh, yes, uh, which is why, of course, there are some uh, uh, further actions here in terms of the overall settlement. But uh, remember, between the uh, the actual Target, the, the store, the uh, in this case uh, Target itself, and uh, the uh, card network, uh, that's based off of the contractually agreed upon uh, uh, promises under PCI and the card rules, and specifically uh, data security standards, PCI DSS, that they have. Uh, banks are not privy to that. That's not a law. It's not a rule. It's something that's mutually agreed upon between those two parties. In theory, the card networks are able to share uh, some of the uh, uh, funds that are being uh, sent back to them with some of the issuing banks, but these are all hard costs, legally cognizable costs, uh, that the banks have, and, and really what we're seeing is that banks saying, we don't want feel like we should bear the brunt of this. We have effective cardholders, we have affected individuals uh, through no fault of our own, and they're seeking direct remuneration from the actual breached entity in this case. So let's talk a moment here, Chris, about PCI. As you've rightly noted, PCI is not a mandate, it's not a regulatory requirement, it's not a statute in and of itself. However, in certain cases, there are some states, and Minnesota is one of them, um, where Target is based, that actually have incorporated some of the PCI requirements into their laws. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. Uh, probably starting about five years ago, what we saw is that uh, uh, folks uh, at the state level saw PCI as having some low-hanging fruit on it, so things that every company should be doing uh, that had cardholder data. But there was no, really no teeth that they could sink into in terms of making sure that customers and consumers within their states were taken care of. So uh, Minnesota really led the pack uh, back with the Plastic Card Act, uh, which really takes a few of the clauses from PCI and actually hard codes them within state statute. So making sure that if you do the, some of these things, if you violate some of the things that PCI uh, calls for, uh, such as keeping uh, in the clear card number pan data, not encrypting uh, data and fees that should be encrypted, and basically not implementing the reasonable security that should be uh, implemented and is called for under PCI, uh, that there will be some type of a state-based uh, claim that can be made so that other aggrieved parties can use that to be able to uh, remediate and really close the gap in terms of the outlay of funds. So Minnesota's done that, uh, Nevada's done that, and others have done that. We haven't seen it catch on uh, throughout the whole United States, but with as uh, 
uh, as with all data privacy and security issues, uh, very much so the patchwork quilt is occurring, whereas state-by-state state, uh, legislative branch is looking for uh, ways to address this. So do you think that the banking institutions that have filed this class action suit against Target actually have a case based on the fact that Target is based in Minnesota? Well, I think that uh, that's something that has to be looked at very, very closely. But based on the fact of having the Plastic Card Act be in Minnesota and not in the state of Minnesota, uh, having that apply to businesses in Minnesota and affecting uh, uh, transactions in, in business uh, that are housed there, uh, it's very likely that, that the issuing banks are going to be able to uh, tie onto that law and use that as one other claim that they're making. There are going to be a whole host of claims that they're making under the UCC and other uh, state uh, data and security laws. But having a specific rule that ties into PCI and enumerates some of those fashions is going to be something that makes it more likely than not that the banks will be looking in that direction. Chris, do you think that the recent settlement that Target um, just announced, and I'm thinking this was uh, probably a couple of months ago, in the class action suit that was filed by consumers, do you think that that settlement is having any bearing on the, the bank's case here? Uh, so that's interesting. I mean, yes and no. Uh, so the settlement uh, that occurred uh, allows for any aggrieved party, somebody that has not been able to seek uh, remuneration from their bank. So in an example where somebody had a $1,000 big screen TV purchased, they did not purchase it. It was purchased using stolen card data, uh, but their bank did not agree to give them the funds back, and they had some type of dispute that was caused and is linked to the actual data breach, uh, then it would take care of the consumers with a pool of money that is just for those very reasons. I think that the number of consumers that that will impact is going to be far and few between. Right. In most cases, as you know, fraud, especially at the credit card level, is going to be limited at the $50 level. But in the case of large breaches, banks are really not going to hold consumers to that $50 uh, level. Uh, they will look at the cards that have been compromised uh, from the, the bin files and the CAMS reports coming back in from the cardholder uh, associations and, and take care of all that behind the scenes. So there should be very, it should be very very few consumers that are actually aggrieved by uh, uh, the actual breach. Uh, with that said, though, that is totally separate and distinct from uh, the the issuing banks and the the types of uh, actions that they've had to take in terms of replacing cards, uh, sending new cards, and extra uh, consumer and help and support lines that they've had to spin up. So two potentially different items to contend with, uh, but flowing through the same series of lawsuits. Right, and if I were a banking institution, I would think that that. I might argue, hey, Target, you're saying that you're going to reimburse these customers um, who weren't reimbursed by me, but I've already paid them, so you've really just made a, a hollow settlement with consumers, and you're trying to get off the hook and settling with me. I think I've uh, I've heard uh, some of those same arguments. I think those uh, can be made. The At the end of the day, the funds that have been agreed upon will be set aside. They will be used for the purpose of uh, consumer remuneration. Uh, and eventually, I have a feeling that they will be used for consumer education in terms of identity theft and fraud and better ways to protect yourself, as we've seen in other cases with Google and Facebook and other privacy types of violations. But uh, I, I certainly agree that that is an argument that, that I've heard. Um, uh, and uh, given the fact that uh, most consumers have probably been made whole, uh, one that would hold uh, water and be valid. One final question, Chris, and I know it's, it's always difficult to predict the future and forecast things that might happen, but do you think that the banking institutions in this particular instance will be successful in blocking the 
settlement between MasterCard and Target? That's a much harder question uh, uh, to answer. I think they definitely will have some type of a standing in this issue. They are, the, in many cases, the issuing banks behind the scenes. Uh, so sometimes it's just their, their cards were used and customers impacted. In other cases, the issuing bank. In some cases, they may be the uh, sponsor of the payment processor behind the scenes. So there are arguments that they should be included based off of those uh, direct connections. Whether or not they have the exact privative contract that is needed to block uh, is a separate discussion. And really, we're gonna that's going to hinge on uh, a lot of the facts that are still being uh, worked through at this time. But uh, certainly something to take notice of, to pay attention to, and uh, something to think about in terms of the actual harm of the breach, not just being at the aggrieved party and the consumers, but potentially spreading beyond those walls. All right. Chris, I want to thank you for your time. Very informative. Thank you. Appreciate it. Again, we've just heard from Chris Pearson of ViewPost. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.